0: Welcome to Campfire Football, I'm Sebastian North, this is episode 108, Lukaku and Chelsea was never meant to be. This is a funny thing because there's not a lot of players that I could think of, at least off the top of my head, that have had such a long saga around one club and it has never panned out. The... The Chelsea loan Army is something that has been well-documented. There are tons of players who have been there for a long time, and their careers didn't work out either. But it's different when it's someone who, from the very beginning, was so, so lauded, and there was so much expected of someone like Romelu Lukaku. So, upon him leaving to go back to Inter on loan, I looked back to try and think, what has happened over the last 11 years in his career to arrive at this point? In August 2011, Lukaku uh, joined Premier League club Chelsea on a five-year contract uh, for a fee of around 12 million euros, 10 million pounds. It was pretty cheap. I mean, he was a young man. He was 18 years old and really just a boy. and And he came in having been dominating in the Belgian league. This was a signing that Chelsea fans were very excited about, extremely optimistic because this guy, he was... His hero was Didier Drogba. And we wanted someone, big, strong, powerful forward, who would come in and essentially take over DDA Drogba's role, have a glittering Chelsea career, and just be this new era for Chelsea forwards. Because one thing to remember about Chelsea is that with the striker position, and I think most people understand this at this point, it has not gone well in the Roman Abramovich era. You had the success of Diego Costa for a short time. Didier Drogba obviously is the one forward who was a resounding success. Everyone else seemed to be a failure. Fernando Torres, most notably so. Andrei Shevchenko as well before that. So this has always been a difficult position for Chelsea to fill. This seemed like the perfect person. Now, in his debut season, he only ended up with 12 first-team appearances, eight in the Premier League. It wasn't very much manager at the time was Andre Villas-Boas. Now remember, he was also replaced by Roberto Di Matteo mid-season, well, sort of in the spring, after Andre Villas-Boas really started tanking everything for Chelsea. The thing about Lukaku that's interesting is when they went on to win the Champions League that season with Roberto Di Mateo in charge, he said that he was disappointed really at his lack of involvement in the team that season and Refused to actually lift the trophy, reportedly, saying it wasn't me, but my team that won. Funny thing, it is so hard as a Chelsea fan to actually remember that he was in the squad in that season. It's bizarre, but it just doesn't really, it's one of those things that you just forget. Now, obviously, he needed game time, and he joined the Chelsea Lone Army to get it. But the cool thing was, instead of being farmed out to Vitesse or, you know, maybe into the championship or back to Belgium... He stayed in the Premier League, and I think he was ambitious enough to say, I need to be playing in the Premier League. Chelsea were happy to let him do it, and he went to West Brom and scored 17 goals in 38 games, including a quite remarkable second-half perfect hat trick, actually, which brought West Brom back from three goals down to draw 5-5 in the season's final home match against Manchester United managed by Fergie for the very last time. This is kind of a funny little thing that Lukaku's a part of there. So things obviously looked better for him, but still Chelsea, we know the way Chelsea has been. If you're young and you're talented, that doesn't mean you're going to get game time. You had to be a ready-made, bona fide starter to really take over the number nine position as well. So There was not a whole lot of Chelsea fans who were convinced he could come in and make an impact, but a lot of fans wanted him to stick around. Now, for the 2013-2014 season, Mourinho had returned, and we all know what Mourinho is like as a manager with certain types of players is he, he likes his team at 14 or 15. Outside of that, you don't get much playing time. So he was sent on loan to Everton on the very last day of the transfer window that season. The thing to keep in mind about that season as well is the list of notable players who would be shipped out that season. I mean, this is the season where Juan Mata and Kevin De Bruyne would leave. Sala would come and not play. It was one of those weird times, right? And eventually Nemanja Matic would join in December and Mourinho had a plan for who he wanted as his center forward the next summer. Now, of course, Lukaku having done very well at West Brom, picked up where he left off at Everton. And he scored 16 goals in his first season. And during that season, he was asked sort of like, what, what, you know, what's your commitment here to Everton? Or he, he said, well, Everton is my present, but Chelsea is my future. That's really what I'm building for. The problem for him is that Mourinho had identified what he needed to win the title, and that was Diego Costa. So Lukaku was told he wouldn't be first choice, and... That made it very much more simple for him to say, okay, I need to, I need a change. I need something different. Everton took the chance to swoop in, and they made the move permanent the following summer for a record fee for the club of 28 million pounds. Now, this was an outlay of money that was absolutely worth it for Everton. It panned out perfectly. He ended up, after scoring 16 goals in his debut season, he went on to score 20, then 25, and then 26 goals in the following years. It was was abundantly clear he was ready for a step up. And his international career and, and stature was growing enormously as well. Now, obviously, Everton didn't want to lose him, but the cash they were going to receive for him was too difficult to turn down. Massive profit. Now, looking at Chelsea, because... Yeah, he was about ready to leave Everton. And a lot of Chelsea fans were going, look, this is the moment. He's finally ready. He's had these years. Yes, we sold him, but let's buy him back. That's what a lot of people were thinking. And it's important to remember that that season, Chelsea were looking for a new number nine. Because Antonio Conte was in charge and he really wanted Lukaku. And his relationship with Diego Costa had gone completely down the drain. Diego Costa at one point uh, notoriously saying he felt like he was... um, a prisoner, kept prisoner by the club. Antonio Conte laughing in a press conference. In the end, Costa went back to Atletico Madrid and Chelsea ended up signing Alvaro Morata. He was the other person that summer. It was either Lukaku or Morata. That's what all the press was saying. That's what a lot of the talk was. But it seemed as if Chelsea, and maybe the hierarchy, whether it's Abramovich himself or anyone else, there seemed to be an embarrassment to actually re-sign a player who had been bought, loaned out twice, and then sold in just the previous five years. It seemed as if, well, we never really believed in him before, but now all of a sudden we have to believe in him. Similar to how it seemed as if when Frank Lampard wanted Declan Rice, the club was like, no, we let the kid go on a free like four years ago. We're not going to sign him for $100 million now. Funny how these decisions tend to kind of backfire when you do them out of pride because Lukaku ends up joining Manchester United in 2017, signing on a five-year deal, which was, I think a lot of people expected, okay, this is really going to take Man United back. And it was a big deal. 75 million plus 15 million in add-ons. And he gets to join up with his good buddy, Paul Pogba. It was it was a pretty big thing. Now, at the start, Everyone wanted to see how these two would fare. And Murata did very well at the beginning, getting a hat-trick against Stoke City, but he ended up flopping badly. And all the while, it was obvious everyone would try to draw comparisons. Should they have signed Lukaku? Was Murata the right decision? Are Man United going to fare better than Chelsea because of this? That was a big part of the discussion. And Lukaku, actually, also started well at Man United under Josie Mourinho, and he ended up tallying 10 goals in his first nine appearances. What's funny about that, he broke the record set by Bobby Charlton, who had scored nine goals in his first nine appearances for the club. This is an old record that that held up. Now, Lukaku did put up 27 goals that season, but after such a good start, his form really tapered off towards the end of the season, and Marcus Rashford, who... Had gotten his debut under Louis van Gaal, was now 18-19, starting to really pick up steam, and he was becoming closer to the first choice for Mourinho, who had now taken over at Man United. By the second season, Mourinho had really started to rely more on Rashford than Lukaku, and Lukaku's form just dropped, and his confidence started to go, and his body language, we've all seen this before, and we saw it in abundance at Chelsea this season. So that basically meant the Man United story was coming to an end. He was not really wanted that much by the fans. And there was an openness from the club to sell him. So who was waiting in the wings? Antonio Conte. He finally got what he wanted two years earlier when he was at Chelsea. And now, as the inter manager, he wanted to show everyone the type of player that Big Rom can really be at a club that is built around his strengths. When the team is set up to make him succeed and the team around him. Well, it worked. He scored 34 goals in his first season, 30 in his second with the Nerazzurri, and he did it by finally culminating in a title win for Inter, which is huge because it ended it ended a nine-year run of their bitter rivals Juve winning Scudetti after Scudetti after Scudetti. It seemed as if Romelu Lukaku was in the perfect place. I actually remember seeing his uh, Instagram live video after they had won the title, he was riding around in a convertible with a mask on because you have to remember it's COVID days, flying the Nerazzurri flag, celebrating that they had won the title. And it really did seem like he was in the right place. He had a terrific relationship with the fans, especially the Ultras. He had a good relationship with everyone at the club. And though Inter had just won a title, the problem for them was they were still in a dire financial situation. And even, even selling Ashraf Hakimi for massive amounts of money was not enough for them. They needed to move somebody else. Could it have been Lautaro Martinez, could it have been Brozovic, Perisic, Barella, Bastoni, any number of players they could probably have sold. But Chelsea once again needed a number 9. Thomas Tuchel having really resurrected Chelsea to Champions League victors at the end of a Tough time for Frank Lampard. Everyone could see this team needs a bona fide. Number nine, goal scorer. Someone who's in the box can score a lot of goals and be a little bit more of a dominant presence than, say, Olivier Giroud. Well, Giroud might have actually done a lot better for uh, Chelsea this season than Lukaku. And this is where the story gets kind of strange. Chelsea come in, drop 100 million pounds, Inter gleefully accept it because the money is absolutely something that they needed. But how did this move really materialize? We've heard a few different stories. The Ultras felt totally betrayed by Lukaku. They felt like he had sold the club out, like he was the guy that should have stayed, other players should have gone, and the club should have been aware of this. But Lukaku had seemed to have two sides to this story. One where it was clear that the club needed to sell, and he was like, look, it's Chelsea, it's this project that I've been wanted to do well there for 10 years is the club I supported as a kid. Just let me go take the money and it'll all be okay. It'll be best for both parties. But then there's the story where he was very reluctant to leave. And the club said, look, we just got a hundred million. We've accepted it. You really should go, even though we'd love to keep you, you really should go. And so then he just said, okay, I guess fine. It's very hard to know what the truth is on this. We've heard both sides. I don't know. But in the end, it did look, at the end of his Chelsea stint here, as though he just did not really want to leave Milan. So anyway, off Lukaku went, came to London, become Chelsea's record signing, in the hopes that basically he would finally deliver what everyone had hoped for 10 years earlier and over, the, over this entire time where one striker after another after another had categorically failed. It needed to be someone who was going to be there, 28 years old, Play till he's 33, 34, win tons of titles. That was the idea. I mean, it started so well. He had that involvement in the demolition of Arsenal early in the season. Absolutely fantastic. Him and Rhys James and the whole squad connecting together. Everything looked so good. But then he gets an ankle injury against Malmo in October. It put him out for about six to eight weeks. When he came back, he was not quite firing on all cylinders, And the team had started to change the way they played because he wasn't in the side. By the time he came back, there was clearly something about the way the team was being structured around him that he didn't like. And then comes the Sky Italia interview he did in December. Now, it wasn't released until about three weeks after. But it was bizarre to have him come out and say all the things he did. And from a Chelsea fan point of view, it just was an ugly look. So... That's where the relationship with Tuchel seemed to really sour, where they decided to pull him out of the squad and avoid the noise. What was the right decision? Honestly, I don't know. If I was in Tuchel's shoes, I might have considered pulling him out of the side. Similar to what... But but also, you know, maybe you would just want to put him back in the line of fire like David Moyes did with Kurt Zuma after the cat incident. But that didn't go well for Kurt Zuma either. So, look, I think it goes every which way. This was difficult. It, it ends... In basically, there's, there's this game against Crystal Palace where he gets seven touches on the ball. The weird thing is he scored 15 goals this season. Now that's a paltry amount for his career, one of the lowest totals he ever had. But it did put him at the top of Chelsea's goal scoring, goal scoring charts. And that is part of the disappointment, is what could Lukaku have been had These events over the course of the season not derailed him. An injury is an injury. But the Sky Italia interview and then basically the lack of genuine effort and care shown on the field after that was astounding. For a player that you really believed would come and do the business and show everyone that, yeah, this is where he wanted to succeed 10 years earlier. This was the dream. It had not quite worked out for him yet. Now was the time. And instead... Lukaku moves again. This time, for the third time, on loan. Uh, he may be back next summer. And that's the thing that I think is very, very interesting about this Chelsea story. is it, it, it This matrimony was never going to work for some reason. It probably could have multiple different times with different people in charge. But it just didn't work. Timing, different things have gotten in the way. He's probably Chelsea's most expensive investment ever. I mean, if you consider the two transfer fees, all the wages paid for just 59 appearance and 15 goals. It's really unfortunate. I'm a big fan of Romelu Lukaku, but this was a categorical failure. And maybe it's the curse of the Chelsea forward. Maybe it's just that Romelu Lukaku never really was going to be able to cope with the pressure of what he had built for himself when he was just a teenage kid. I'm going to be the next DDA Drugba. Turns out no one has been able to be the next DDA Drugba, and maybe no one will. So my view on the, the season that Lukaku had was that he could have done a lot more. But Chelsea also could have done more to help him. When you watched the way Inter played, and you watched the way Chelsea played this season, there was a marked difference in how quickly the ball went into his feet. At Inter Milan, center backs, outside backs, they would get the ball, he would check into his space, and they would find him quickly. And the whole idea was that he could connect the play into the midfielders or into Lautaro, and they could move from there. And they counterattacked at blistering speed, Inter Milan. They were so much fun to watch with Lukaku, and he looked like such a powerhouse. It's bizarre to see the guy come to Chelsea and look like he can barely even run. But this is the thing about some players. When everything is functional around them, They are outstanding. When they kind of have to figure things out and do them on their own, or that the setup around them doesn't really make them feel really comfortable, they become pretty average pretty quickly. So it's an amazing thing to see the margins. More than anything, this has been a crazy story. I just remember 10 years ago when Lukaku was signed and being stoked. And to see him leave on loan now. Again. And we know this story is not done unless he is actually sold at some point over the next year. This will be a question once again next summer. Romelu Lukaku and Chelsea, it just isn't meant to be.